Hello. Hey there. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Podcast name played nobody. Highly anticipated week zero recap. <laughs> doubted that Wyoming defense, didn't you? No, I never doubted the Wyoming defense. It was everything else that I doubted. That you know, now that they've got a quarterback, they're really in good shape now. Uh, you know what? I know that's supposed to be a flippant joke because you made it, I made it, Spencer, Spencer made, made it. it. <laughs> um, three or four other people that were watching the Week Zero <laughs> games made it about Wyoming. Because uh, then the next day I watched um, their former quarterback. Well, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Never mind. Here's the deal. I don't even know if it's a flippant meme anymore so much as just a statement of fact. Um, remember how we tell everybody uh, that the biggest the biggest adjustment is made between weeks one and two and that you don't get overly excited or overly angry or overly depressed about what happens in your team's first game. <laughs> sure. Remember all that? Wyoming's going to win the uh, Mountain West Conference. I, I love the And be the G5 rep in the uh, New Year's table. Sure. Um, I love the announcers. Uh, I don't even know who was calling the game, uh, but uh, in like the third quarter or something, he says, so it, it's going to be an interesting race in the, in the Mountain West. There's Wyoming, there's Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego. But, well, granted, I haven't seen any of them play yet, but I have to think Wyoming's a favorite now. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? We spend we spend 364 other days a year completely decrying that. In fact, it's really again foundational basis for the podcast is to debunk commonly held mis uh, misperceptions. Right? That's what we do here. I don't care. Wyoming national championship. Okay. You saw Jason Kirk's power rankings that came out. If you uh, if you don't already, please subscribe to the SB Nation College Football Newsletter. Uh, Wyoming's in the top ten already. Just throw that out there. Boise State didn't kill New Mexico State on Saturday. What's their problem? Bill. This is podcast ain't played nobody. It's a college football marriage of numbers and words. That's the robot Bill Connolly. He's the inventor and proprietor of the S and P Plus, not just S and P S and P Plus analytics system. He uh, wrote it a couple books and stuff that you get on the Amazon.com, or you can find a bookstore if you want to. My name is Stephen Godfrey. Occasionally, I do things for SB Nation. You can find me at thirty eight Godfrey on the Twitter. Um, what kind of housekeeping announcements do we have? We have two that we're going to run through real fast. We have, uh, once again, uh, unfortunately, just because this is the company that pays me and I made poor life decisions, I have to promote shutdown fullcast. Uh, that's live this week in Atlanta. Look, uh, you probably have already made a, a strong, firm commitment to the, um, I would just say, I'd call it the rational path of man now, really just to just to push our society in a more positive direction by not going. However, if you're in the uh, greater Atlanta area, and again, you need maybe a tax write-off, um, are you trying to hide some drug money? Um, I don't know. Uh, you can go to Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, it is this Friday night, as we record this, this Friday night, August 31st at 7 p.m. at the Rich Theater in Atlanta. By the way, should I say 6 p.m.? Because we only <laughs> adhere to God's time zone here, even though we will be, you and I will be at Shutdown Fullcast again I don't know what penance I'm paying to my God, uh, but it'll be 7 p.m. Eastern at the Rich Theater in Atlanta. Um, eventbrite.com, search shutdown fullcast. Eventbrite.com, shutdown fullcast is your search term. Um, I think it's like pretty scant on tickets now. I don't know. It, it, just, I gotta... just keep saying tickets are running out. That's all that they need to hear. <sighs> they need to hear a lot of things. Um, but I guess maybe the the irony of shutdown fullcast is they can't hear it because the quality is so bad. Bill, 
A lot yeah. of people have asked about uh, that television show thing I made where you can slowly watch my health degrade and I, I descend into production madness. Um, it's also about, you know, the NCAA and Mississippi and Bagman and stuff. Um, that would be a uh, foul play paid in Mississippi. I had to look at the title for a second. Um, I, I keep thinking crooked letters. I, I foul play disappears I know, there's from two, my well, brain there's two, okay. constantly. Here, a little inside baseball real fast just to see if uh, any of the executives in our company are listening. <laughs> um the show has three names. The show and the story have three names because no one could agree on things. Um, <laughs> when the SB Nation editorial team went to the production meetings for the TV show, we pitched Crooked Letters. That was our favorite one. If you, for some reason, now look, a lot of people didn't get this because, you know, uh, a lot of people from the gilded backgrounds in the upper Northeast that go on to work in Los Angeles, they don't really know about America. So, Bill, when I say crooked letters to you, can you explain what that connotation is? Well, I mean, you got the it's I, I like it because, first of all, you've got the the connotation to letter like letter jackets and college mm-hmm. and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It mm-hmm. also means like bad words, right? Levels. Um, when people would spell out, I guess this would fall under the term of almost it's, it's almost uh, a folk saying, if not a folk song, a colloquialism. Down in the south, when you would spell out Mississippi, you would say M I. Oh, that's letter, right, crooked right. Letter, I crooked that's letter, right. crooked letter, I humpback, humpback, I. Also, I don't know about you, but when I was playing fl- uh, uh, football as a kid in the street, um, I don't know why we never picked a backyard to play in, but we would always play in the street. Um, the rules, because we never had enough kids for like offensive and defensive lines. You know, you're just playing pickup. You would say one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi before you could go after the quarterback as they were trying to let the pass play develop down the street. Um, so crooked letter in that is is always been um, a saying in that part of the country. And then also, uh, as you pointed out very smartly, it has it's got levels. It works on levels, baby. Um, and crooked letters when you talk about the letter S, it's also dollar sign. Anyways, oh, that flew that wow. flew right over that flew right over Hollywood's head. And in fair in fairness, it took like forty five seconds to explain that, and that's probably you know they've got a three second attention span, so I guess that makes sense. Three's generous. Um, again, you know, nuance and context are a thing. But so th- there's like three titles. Crooked Letters is the name of the story I wrote. Foul Play is the name of a show that I was hired to work on. Paid in Mississippi. I think was sort of like subtitle compromise. Um, the point of all this is, this was just supposed to be like an ad read. It's now available on YouTube. A lot of you guys have pinged me on Twitter, on the DM, on email. Um, I am really preaching to the choir here, and I am aware of that, because the the subreddit said basically the same thing, r slash PAPN. Um, that, hey, it's on YouTube, but pretty much no one in the PAPN community um, is really going to find any worth in that unless you want to evangelize for my career because I bugged the crap out of y'all to go, what did it, what was it? We watched it. Then we told you to watch it again. And then we told you to find, go <laughs> to download go 90 on someone else's phone and turn it on. Remember that bill? That was mm-hmm. fun. Guess what? We didn't know while we were telling people to do that. <laughs> go 90 already shut down by Verizon had been shut down. <laughs> that shutdown had been in the plan for months. The whole time we were trying to push the numbers as strong as possible and go 90, dead men walking the entire time. We had no idea. Well, That's... I mean, at least it wasn't because of crooked letter. Uh, no, no. Me, I play. mean, we succeeded in spite of really just a, just a, a zombified state of an app 
right? No institutional promotion or anything like that. Um, and anyways, before I get fired, uh, we got the rights to the show back for now, and it's on YouTube. It's on the SP Nation YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't watched it, great, watch it. If you want to annoy a Michigan fan, just put it in a mention to them. For some reason, I I, um, I was going through collecting stuff for the shows that we record this week. Um, I don't actively seek out my the criticism of my work on the internet. Um, it's not a healthy pursuit. But when I was pulling stuff, I got the mentions thing on Reddit. I'm still navigating Reddit. And a bunch of Michigan fans were like in an NFL subreddit, super pissed off that <laughs> the show exists. So for those of you keeping score at home, and I know we have a, a collection of Mississippi State grads that do listen to the show, I have had, I would say, the ratio of angry Mississippi State fans about the doc to angry Michigan fans is like for every one Mississippi state fan, you know, the school that's featured in the doc where I did the investigative work to show that they paid a player. Um, there's like 10 pissed off Michigan fans. The <laughs> well, name but- Michigan does not appear in the entire television show. I have no idea why. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's like an effort. I don't know if I'm on like the kill list for him blog. I don't know. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting Brian cook cook on the show at some point. Only in person. Okay. Only in person. I'll do it in person in a heartbeat. Something tells me that confrontational is not in that blogger's uh, purview. Um, Bill. Yo. We can do a little bit more week zero if there's anything legitimate that you want to talk about. Um, and if not, <clears throat> I have built in a segment returning, uh, not by popular demand at all, menial demand. Okay. But I have a returning segment in which I'm going to embarrass myself and lose what little credibility I have left. But okay, cool. Well, before you know. that, yeah, let's talk a minute more about week zero. Um, First off, I'm going to interrupt you. You <laughs> came into the work slack on Sunday asking for someone's plus uh, plus password to – did you actually go back and watch Rice? No, that was on that was on Saturday so I could watch the end of Rice because I was sitting in a Vegas sports book ah. next to a Rice grad. And so – Jesus. Yeah. So I was, I was, and, and I love it. Like my wife would say that co- that uh, qualifies as work because it was football. Um, my favorite, like most people go to Vegas and they're like, yeah, you know, I ended up uh, meeting a member of the opposite sex that I'm not in a relationship with. And we did a bunch of drugs and ran around the strip. Or they or, just saw Donnie and Marie, which I was told I, is still the most expensive show in Vegas. And you're like, no, I was in a sports book with a rice grad. And they were losing to a swag school. Like, yeesh. yeah. So, um, a couple things. Number one, speaking of uh, declining health, yes, I did spend the last four days in Vegas. Um, talked myself hoarse. That's that's why I sound like I do. Which I mean, I think is sexy, but um, it's not that bad. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. There was a there was a conference called the International Football Betting Conference. I was a panelist along with SB Nation's own Bud Elliott. Uh, and the power ranks, Ed Fing, uh, a longtime friend of mine from when we met at the first Sloan conference I went to. <clears throat> um, so I mean, you know, whatever it was, it was a, it was a fun panel. <laughs> I got to observe gamblers in their natural habitat, which was fun. Uh, I got to watch a bunch of people when Hawaii was up at halftime. I got to watch a bunch of people put a second half bet on Colorado state for the second half spread, uh, that they had actually come back and, and, uh, pushed until Hawaii kicked that last field goal. 
Um, I got to watch the line for Rice Houston this coming week go up by like f- at least four points as Rice was was crushing and burning and then barely saving was that, itself against. Was that Prairie happening at, like during the actual Rice game? Um, I don't right think after? I think they did, they didn't change that line until right afterwards. But uh, yeah, it, it was almost instantaneous when the game ended. Um, so I got to. Hmm. It's kind of you know natural habitat and whatnot. It was kind of fun, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I I feel like I sound like crap, but it also might just be because I I just I landed back in Missouri and my allergies exploded. Um, oh oh oh! And since I got delayed for two hours getting home last night, uh, I can, can say that th- I, my streak continues for four straight work trips. Now uh, I have cu- landed the day after I was originally scheduled to land, uh, so I've got a I've got a nice streak going now. All right, Peter King. Anything else? Hey, man. Five ca- flight cancellations and four trips. I'm I'm still saying that's weird. Um, I got a question about Colorado State. Okay. It is. It was week zero slash week one slash context slash perspective. Mm-hmm. It looked good. Yeah, I mean, they eventually did, <laughs> but it took Hawaii five by like thirty. Hawaii's points. offense looked real good. And yeah, yeah, I think there was Hawaii a Hawaii team from Pacific Island plagued by attrition looked pretty damn good, pretty damn cohesive. I hope that's a sign that Hawaii is about to have a really big year. Because uh, awesome. it's, it's, it's so much more fun when they are, especially I mean, with Nick Rolovich. I mean, he's such a good, don't give a damn, let's just have some fun and let's, let's you know, puff out our chest and, and play some football. Um, but I, I do think... I think Colorado State had absolutely no idea what was going to come at them and what Cole McDonald was good at. And, it, well, I mean, for a while there, he's good at everything. Um, and, I mean, Colorado State's defense has always been kind of cruddy anyway. And I think you combine that with an element of surprise. They were just – they were so far on their on their back heels until about midway through the third quarter and then uh, when Hawaii took their foot off their gas. I have the feeling that if, if, if there's an overreaction game here, it's not Wyoming, New Mexico State. Wyoming's not going to allow 50 yards a game or whatever that total ended up being. You shut your mouth. But uh, I think that Hawaii, Colorado State kind of has overreaction potential. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a warning sign for Colorado State for sure. Yes. Uh, if nothing else, that their that their defense isn't any better and is never going to be any better. But I I I I think Hawaii's probably not going to look that good uh, in every game moving forward, no matter how much I hope it happens. Uh, college football fun brain interested in Hawaii being fun. Uh, college football sports writer brain Mike Bobo had interviews for SEC jobs. Um, I know there's a health situation there. We covered it, but they look good. Yeah, very curious. No, I, I mean, this now becomes this is this was supposed to be. Look, they were they had issues. They brought in John Janzik. Aish, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, they, I'm gonna. I mean, look, Colorado is in a, 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 I think, a more precarious situation than people realize. Mm-hmm. So that game. Yeah, no, that's it's Colorado. Wait, 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 wait. Then do it's Arkansas. A, then it's at we, Florida. Wait, wait. Do, do we have a week one anxiety bowl? Uh, look at that. Do you hear that sigh of resignation? We've got a week one anxiety bowl. Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, I. I My evil little child has come early this year. I can't fully co-sign that, but it is. Yes. Worth it is worth noting that Colorado State now plays Colorado, Arkansas at home, and at Florida. And I mean, Arkansas That's the at home. definition of an anxiety bowl. 
Arkansas at home with, I mean, their defense is going to stink too. Uh, so that could easily, I mean, if, if they don't pointy. start off playing like crap, that could be pointsy and they could e- easily hold their own in that situation. But, I mean, you have to obviously be fearing an 0 4 start. Now, Anxiety Bowl includes like my coach is going to get fired, and I, I don't think Bobo's there yet. Um, you don't think an 0 and 2 and- uh, Colorado State, given the lackluster overall record that Bobo's had at Colorado State following Jim McElwain with the expectations that have been put in place, college football's newest completely uh, built-from-scratch stadium. Um, I don't know, Bill. I, th- I think we're still a year away. Because, I mean, among other things, even after that, they get Illinois State, San Jose State, New Mexico. And then after Boise, Wyoming, which could be two more losses, they get Nevada, Utah State, Air Force. Like, they could easily – 0-4 probably dooms them to 6-6 six and six at best – um, and I mean, they had, they did disappoint last year, so I'm not saying he's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. But I still think he's probably a year away from hot seat talk. Don't take this from me. Why only beat New Mexico state? I'm going to take away from you, whatever I can. Uh, real talk real fast. Um, New Mexico state just, sheesh. I mean, I know it's not really a measuring stick. Their, their defense was fine. Uh, I mean, yeah. it got, it got bounced around for a minute early and then they, they were fine until they re they reached full on. Oh God, our offense is not going to score and this is hopeless. And then they gave up another long touchdown. So I don't have any problem with their defense, but their offense, um, well, let's, I mean, look, facing... let's wait a little bit, but Wyoming ran the ball the way you're not supposed to run the ball in, in a G five. You're not supposed to be able to run the ball like that uh, it was, in yeah. those formations with that kind of power. I mean, yeah, I, it wasn't, was like... it wasn't as consistent. I'm not saying it was Stanford or anything, but like it was, it was a neat little proof of concept that you can, you can take that hard tech North Dakota state crap and apply it to the mountain West. Right. They're I getting mean... there, man. Two, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I even with the Wyoming run game, like two of those, eighty of those yards came on two carries, and fifty six of those yards came on the demoralized tackle breaking run I was just talking about. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm still very much not sold on Wyoming's offense either. But I think the one, the one unit we absolutely drew conclusive proof over on Saturday was Wyoming's defense, maybe Colorado State's defense too. But um, no, Don't I mean, be why, a hater. this is Don't be this a hate is, ass. This is look, Craig Bowl. This is Craig Bowl. This is they look like North Dakota State. You, know? you can average one point nine yards a carry if you have interspersed forty yard carries and a defense that's that good and a defense play. that's that good. Yeah, yes, I mean if that's, you're, that's the point. Yeah, right. The offense was still inconsistent. Vanderwall wasn't asked to do very much. I, I mean, it you was can fine. throw it was fifteen fine. times a game. Nine off fine. play action. If you're doing that stuff, man, it was all fine. But their defense was the reason their offense, uh, part of the reason why their offense looked good at times. So I'm God, uh, like, it's but again, just so good and literary and representative of how tough and mean and anti Fort Collins that that town and Larry. Oh, I love it so much. I could just do the whole podcast. Well. Uh, Bill. Yeah, I am uh, calling my shot here. Okay, if Hawaii upsets Navy. Oh, that line also moved. Um, it was oh, like really? Navy minus seventeen, and it went down after that. Dude, if I'm telling you right now, that happens. We're going all in, all in. <laughs> Wait, we're going to go on location live from Honolulu. Hell yeah! That's this is, they play Navy. Happen. They play Rice. Uh, yeah, it's weird. They, so they get Point. both. They get both. Of the, they get Army and Navy in the first four weeks, but then they also get Rice in between. So it really is like a breather. Yeah, Rice going to have a tough year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so let's see, Navy, Rice, then at Army's probably a loss just because of, well, because Army's pretty good and travel and all that. But if they can beat Navy, they're starting probably 4-1 and one when they go to San Jose State. They're probably 5-1 and one when Wyoming comes to town. So that's fun. That's Let's let's do it. I, I mean, go, go Navy. always go Navy. Never going to root against Navy. But if Navy happened to lose this weekend, I wouldn't necessarily complain about it too much. 
Very, very excited. Um, so yeah, there was a little meat on the bone for week zero. It was nice. Could have used like one more game, maybe in the afternoon, like like one more FPS game that we could we could you know do a little bit of work with. But I was happy. Yeah, and and I did the, like you know uh, hazards of being on the West Coast. I love it. Like now that I'm a dad, I think it would be amazing to live in California for us for a game day, just because it you know it starts at nine, and you know you can you don't have to like it's all over by about eleven, and that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, There's we could no have used, we could have one, used one more stupid late game because basically the football. Well, I mean, technically, you know, the since the Wyoming game was over by the second quarter basically our football was done by about 8 p.m uh so i could have used one more they, they could have thrown something together last second and put one at, at like 8 or 9 p.m pacific time that would have been fine thursday's so bad one of the things i was worried about when we were trying to understand and figure out our own scheduling for the new twice weekly like work week thing not including s&p plus recap on sunday nights was are we neglecting like a timely preview of the thursday games i i yeah, I don't yeah. know if like college football shifting away from Thursdays or what. I, I mean, just... they, they certainly did to a degree. They, it got worse last year. Um, well, this year it's. I mean, our Thursday night kickoff. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll be in Atlanta. You get to Atlanta Friday for the show. Yeah, I thought everybody I, I, was coming Friday, and then like so I scheduled my stuff, and it's like, oh, and we're having meetings on Thursday. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm doing it. They're doing a thing on Atlanta, like a, a editorial package, and they're going to send me to the Falcons, obviously, on right. Thursday. And um, Jason and Harry going to Kennesaw State, Georgia State. I have no, uh, I'm not really worried. There's not going to be, I mean, there's not much to check on my phone. Mm -mm. It's pretty bad. Civil conflict, of course, you know, but yeah, I mean, Northwestern Purdue is, it'll, it'll be enlightening to some degree. And I'm just, you know, purely from an aesthetic standpoint, I'm excited about Wake Forest Tulane. Um, But yeah, not a whole lot of meat here. All right. Sell me. All right. 60 seconds. Hang on. Let me get my timer. You're you're gonna try and sell people on the aesthetics of Wake Forest and Tulane? Well, the, I mean, the aesthetics of Tulane shouldn't need any. Uh, that's that's a Willie Fritz Willie Fritz offense, baby, and it's a Willie Fritz offense in its third well, look, year. We will gladly kiss his ass anytime, but I'm just saying, like, well, I'm not kissing his ass. I'm kissing his offense's ass. Semantic, but you're gonna try and sell folks on Wake Forest. Wake Forest, who had like a top right. twenty-five offense last year. Bill, yeah, Bill, Bill, sixty Wait, seconds. You did, did you not watch the Belk Bowl? I shouldn't have to sell anybody on Wake Forest right now. Bill, 60 seconds. I just started. Wake, uh, Belk, they scored 55 points uh, I, I, uh, against an SEC defense uh, last year in the bowl, in the bowl game. They're, the, 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 maybe this works in our to our benefit. Their quarterback situation is iffy because Kendall Hinton's suspended. That means maybe Tulane gets to stick around for a while uh, and make that a super competitive game. They got a good running back. They've got they lost their best receiver to Oregon, but they still got a couple more in Scotty Washington and Greg Dortch. Um, they this isn't Wake Forest zero zero Virginia Tech Wake Forest. They were the exact opposite team last year, so I, I shouldn't have to sell Wake Forest. That's that's all I'm going to sell do is to sell Wake Forest. They're they're a fun, exciting team, uh, and and Dave Clawson is an amazing head coach, an underrated head coach, as one of our readers said. PJ Fleck without the charisma, um, and then Tulane. It's it's op, it's like modern day option offense with a third year in the system. They've got a good quarterback. Uh, Cal coming. Banks. Five seconds. Jonathan Cal Banks coming. They're going to run the ball. Seconds. It's going to be fun. I shouldn't have I to gotta learn that. how to ring PAPN's audience knows this is a fun game. I got to learn to ring this better. We got a lot of new we got a lot of new people. We do. Analytics tells us that we have a lot of new people. And that was purely an exercise in demystifying 
Uh, mystifying would be the wrong word. Maybe let's just say reversing stereotype on something like a Wake Forest Tulane. You did a good job. You're a little grumpy this morning because you probably haven't slept. I like it. Yeah, no, seriously. I, 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 got, I landed seven hours ago. We're going to do preview stuff on Friday, or I'm uh, sorry for the Thursday show, but again, just give me something on Friday. Oh, wait, Anxiety Bowls on Friday. <laughs> Sold. Damn it. Oh, wait, we have a stupid live podcast. Uh, that's right. Well, that's our that's our excuse for ditching, right? <laughs> just going to Atlanta and not showing up at the show? <laughs> oh, don't give me ideas. Don't give me ideas. Bill, uh, you spend the uh, pretty much every waking moment of your work time um, committing, I don't want to call them predictions, but but statements. You put things on your name in the college football media world, and you say, And then, and then I hedge hey, as much as possible, yeah. Well... Yes and no. I mean, again, it's a career built out of like debunking a lot of crap and also at the same time, though, making predictions, sussing things out a little bit on gut, but a lot on, hey, this is what a system of analytics that I built, that I tweak, that I worry about. This is what they say. So, hey, you might not have noticed this or, hey, you might think this, but this kind of stuff, right? Okay. Um, so all year long, you're left susceptible to a bunch of, you know, butthurt for lack of a better term, or people trying to kind of catch you in that old, you know, old takes exposed type way, even though it's a system of numbers, it's a formula, not you. People always want to put you on it. So like historically you've got, oh man, let me think of all the fan bases, West Virginia. That's been a recent one. Kansas state is the, was the first Kansas one. state was, yeah. Kansas state was a thing for a while. Iowa. They, that fan base, that was that was a big See, thing when we started the podcast. A lot of this is like the, a one-year-only kind of thing. They hate me this year. They love me next year. Right, right, right. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Well, Florida State, Florida State was the ultimate uh, in that I was the only one touting them midway through the year as a legitimate contender in 2013, or one of the only ones, uh, and I wasn't screaming, ain't played nobody like everybody else. I don't but then, that. But then the next year, I was the one saying, ah, this is like barely a top 15 guy team, guys. This is not a good team. You know, stats don't tell anything. After, you know, so that was FSU Twitter was, uh, I'm sure they were. Talking about the mm-hmm. Knolls, yeah, that was measured that was a fun and calm year. about that. I, so I did not um, take any satisfaction whatsoever in Oregon absolutely destroying them uh, in the playoff. None. I was, well, then you I screwed stayed, up. I stayed that above was the awesome. fray. I, I was not petty at all. We well, you were the only human being that <laughs> one, didn't wear Florida State colors because we all had a ball. Sometimes it's real fun to jump in a pile of crap. God, those um, gifts, those gifts were amazing for on that play where James. I know. That's, I mean, look, I I don't remember anything about that game except one. <laughs> it was sort of the Rose Bowl, but it was also a semi, and because that was the first time that happened, and that gift. I mean, it's pretty much the only thing anyone remembers, which is now just a Randy Orton RKO. Yep. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Verge Cast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts check it out so bill the point of me saying all this is i don't have to do any of that it's questionable what i do around here but when i'm not making television shows or complaining about things in slack or fighting with people on twitter um 
I basically get to skirt all of this kind of stuff. So no one holds my feet to the fire because I don't make any predictions. Until now. Ooh. We got to get sound effects. Sorry. I'm just. Oh, that was terrible. Throating the mic. Yeah, even um, even Morton Moneyball has that wah, wah, wah thing. Well, you know, do. talk to management. Morton Moneyball tomorrow. Going on Morton Moneyball with our friend Cade Massey, who we need to get on this show just as a, as a, as a balance. Are you saying this to me like I'm the guest booker or? <laughs> well, you could be. Bill, I uh, two seasons ago, I made a prediction capsule of basically counterbalancing the fact that everyone comes after you for things. But then I I get to skirt. You know, I may literally just be like, oh, yeah, did I say that about Clemson? I don't know. Whatever. I didn't. That's Bill's stuff, man. Get mad at him. So I've made 10 predictions. Now, I did this two years ago. It was fun. Whatever. We got to look at it at the end of the season, and I got like four out of 10 right. But it was really hard to measure some of them because they were like, Pretty obtuse. Mm-hmm. There were like ideas or this trend will emerge. Yeah. And so it's pretty hard to like speed give a yay or nay. Or whatever right. that, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I still think Speed Smash is a thing. It's a great name, too. Um, look at that. Source calling in the middle of a podcast. Um, Bill, I've made, I mean, I guess they're talk radio takes, but everyone wants to know my opinion on stuff. Let me just preface this before I make you mad or before I make your fan base mad. Don't ask me why. This is literally, this was me not being able to sleep last night slash walking my dog this morning at 6. This is all this is, okay? So I, I'm informed to a degree. I have perspective to a degree. I have access to a degree. And that's it. It's just for fun. All right, let's piss There's no off. fun ready? here. There's no fun here. You ready this to piss serious. people off? Sure. All right. Bill has absolutely no knowledge of these. I did not share them. Correct. I did not share them before we started the podcast. Number one, either Gene Smith or Urban Meyer will be out at Ohio State by National Signing Day of 2019. National Signing Day, by the way, is I'm talking about the official one in February, not the early one. And that's just the date I use as like a cycle closing uh, in these predictions. So right after National Signing Day, we can we can uh, check and see if how wrong I was. Okay, so in other words, either Gene Smith or Urban Meyer resigned or fired. Both of them will not survive through National Signing Day 2019. I could be totally wrong about this, Bill. They could go on a run, especially if Ohio State is undefeated during the suspension, um, and then nobody's talking about it again. However, my gut says there will be some serious lasting impact because I think they're going to trip up at some point this season, and everyone is going to instinctively blame it on this scandal. Well, I mean, one thing... I was actually I was talking to a coach about this recently, but um, he said that like the one thing here is like because Urban Meyer has in public settings so completely failed to be a human being um, over the last month and a half or so. um, We we have to the the first press conference he gives, uh, and this is this guy's this anonymous source's words, not mine, but I I agree with them. First t- t- press conference he gives, there's going to be not football writers. Well, there will be football writers there. There will also be, you know, like na- New York Times national writers there, Washington Post writers there, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no faith in him being able to pass that press conference at the moment until he, like, until he remembers how to act like a human or learns, whatever. Learns. Um, like, he, he so miserably failed that and so completely shot himself in the foot on multiple occasions. I don't know if he's going to pass that test. So, like, as far as your, your you know, before signing day, uh, your your bold declaration, um, 
I kind of would have put odds on that happening before like August 20th and it didn't, but, um, yeah, he's just, the, the I, reason. I, so the reason why I put it in this, this time frame is I think that t- to me, the whole thing changed in the way it was handled when I don't know how many Fridays ago it was now when, he, when Myers camp comes out with a statement basically saying, I followed your rules. Right. And so that was, to me, it was like, Oh, okay. He's not going to come out. He's not going to worry about his public image first. He's not going to be the great uniter in this situation. He's not going to bear the brunt of this. He's fighting. He has seen what happened to Joe Paterno. He's seen what happened to these other coaches, fair or not. Or he's fighting. He's going to fight this tooth nail. And he honestly, the other thing about this statement was, I think I think Meyer, from what we know about him in the media, believed that statement. He believed his own crap. I mean, you. Oh yeah. You, you get to rarefied air in any industry, especially as one as popular and well-funded as this one. I think that uh, you lose sight and you start to believe the crap that you espouse. And so, I think because of that, Meyer is in a position to seek revenge on people he's going to view wronged him or caused you know caused this team to. You know, they might lose a game or two this year. And there is a weirdness going on around this program that I don't think they're just going to fix when he comes back in week four. So, all right. I've already had the players. I mean, if we're looking at this purely in technical terms, and I won't spend too much time because I know you got a list. Um, If we're looking at this just purely on paper and everything else, I mean, he's got a very experienced coaching staff. Um, I like, I I think they've probably got the infrastructure to. If there are, if if there are, God, I don't even want to even in this format call this a distraction. But I don't. I think they'll minimize distraction here. I think they'll probably still be pretty good. But if they lose and they have a tough enough schedule that, yeah, I mean, on average, they are going to lose at least one game. Um, it'll be the the vultures. It'll be very interesting to see the first press conference and then what happens the in the like the forty eight hours after they lose a game. Well, you know who everyone's going to blame online, so. The first yep. time they lose. Number two. This one I've already said a couple times in the podcast. I just want to commit it. I'm just going to put put my money on it. Arkansas is going to win two of their last four games in November. They're going to break at least thirty points or thirty or thirty plus in at least one of those games. Oh God, yeah, at least one of the two wins. I meant like they're gonna they're gonna have it going, and Arkansas is going to exit the season. Probably now this part isn't the bet. Everything I just said is is like the what I'm locking in. My take on this is that I've said before, I think Arkansas will be on a massive upswing to end the season. They're gonna be energized, they're gonna be super fired up for year two of the Chad Morris era. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this isn't part of the statement either. You and I have also said they may get their ass waxed and go 0 and four in September. Right. This is just gonna be one of those really interesting, interesting meaning, you know, I don't have any personal stake in Arkansas. Interesting things to watch this year. So that's right. I don't feel like I'm too far out on a limb there. No, I number mean, three. I think, is that good? The, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of that, yeah. Number three. I hate the Heisman. I hate it passionately. Um, I do think Ed Oliver, future NFL star Ed Oliver, surefire NFL star Ed Oliver, defensive lineman from Houston. He's going to go to New York for the Heisman bill. Okay. Be, but you know what? He's not he going to win. He won't be the only defensive player. Mm. That's my bet. Man, there. I hope that comes true. I wish it. I, I know, right? I this wish is it totally. And everyone's, everyone's like, "Why? No way why are you saying this?" this no is, way in hell. I'm just projecting. My wish is that not only is that Oliver in there, I'm looking at Clemson. You, 
Clemson, you, you guys up to it? I feel like maybe we get a Clemson lineman in there. The only problem there is they, they <laughs> may just, split the boat. Yeah, I know that's the problem. Is they're <laughs> just going to cannibalize each other's chances. But I have faith. Two, two defensive players go to New York. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Kelly Hudson. Kelly f- Hudson was better than is, it was almost better yeah. than Jabril Peppers last year, and Peppers made it. Okay. Um, Bill. Mm-hmm. You know who's mad right now? Me, Central Florida. Apparently. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Central Florida. They're, they're awake, so yes, they are angry. Uh, Central Florida's mad that they're not receiving uh, the amount of preseason hype that they feel like they should. Bill, let me tell you something about Central Florida. <laughs> not only are they not going to go back to the New Year's Bowl, the New Year's Bowl. Not only are they not going to be in playoff contention, they're not going to win the American Athletic Conference. Bill, do you want to know why? Because they're not going to win their division. Who is? Oh, hell, I don't know. That's oh. not part of the bet. I'm just saying right now, <laughs> there's a regression after seasons such as the one that sure. UCF had. And they are, I think, probably, I don't know, maybe South Florida. If the new, I don't if care. The, it's my podcast. I'll say right. Temple if I want to. I mean, uh, well, like, I mean, Temple's going to have a shot, and USF yeah. if their new quarterback sticks. I mean, it's not. It's a competitive division, but uh, that is certainly that is certainly one step further than I would have gone. But I'm, I'm still proud of you. St- still feels a little lopsided when you look at Houston and Memphis on the other side. Yeah. But um, they don't win the they don't win the conference. But specifically, the time capsule bet here is that they don't win their division. Okay. Um, Bill, let's go out west. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd like to point this out before I read my <clears> bet. <throat> did I close the window in my browser? No, I did not. Headline in the uh, whatever the Gannett paper is in Arizona. Uh, based on numbers, comma, ASU coach Herm Edwards will be bold on game day this fall. Uh, Bill, I don't know how to tell you this. Will be what? A, Say that again? Bold. Bold. B-O-L-D. Oh, okay. um, I just scanned, I scanned this story because it was right as you and I were setting up to go on. I saw it was running around Twitter. Uh, apparently, Herm Edwards might not punt as much as normal coaches punt, mm. and they might be taking some of the things that you said to heart. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Yeah, just like Will Muschamp's going to have a like a Josh Heupel offense. Um, I'm going I'm going to put that. Bill. I'm going to put that fully in. Sure, I would love to see it. Prove it. That's that's the category that's going in. Bill, my stupid prediction, Arizona State is going to win more than Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the odds aren't amazing, but it's possible. Arizona's defense could still be really terrible. Yeah. I mean, no, but. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> probably not, but I mean, you're, you're trying to take bold chances here, so. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not trying, look, man, I'm not trying to win these things. Um. I think that we have – we're not in a process of overcorrection, but I definitely think we've veered too far off the road on Herm Edwards being a psychopath. Um, it's possible. Possible. I don't think that they're going to, like, supplant USC and suddenly become, you know, playoff caliber team. But I think it's possible that they could have more – consistency successful consistency than we initially thought maybe he won't be lovey smith well he's got more talent to work with than lovey smith that's for sure exactly so that combined with what has been a hellacious offseason at the university of arizona hellacious you saw what happened yesterday 
with the walk-on that or the the guy that was transferring from from Texas A&M who was trying to file a thing with the NCAA saying Texas A&M had given him cash and then he's using racial slurs in a video <laughs> and then Arizona drops him like there's a lot going on at the University of Arizona right now <laughs> just want to throw that out there Kevin Sumlin I think maybe needed probably probably certainly maybe needed a year or two off that's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go into it. I mean, you know more on that. Arizona that. State is going to win more than Arizona. I do feel like um, because of the USC uncertainty at quarterback, although I mean, it sounds like that Daniels kid is going to be awesome eventually, Um, I think we've talked ourselves into there being like no distance between USC and then probably like Utah, Arizona, maybe UCLA. Um, there's distance there. USC's quarterback has to, situation has to be precarious for someone else to take to have a shot at the Pac-12 South. I think, especially since Utah's schedule is really tough. So, um, I, I in, in that in that regard, I think we've been over over hyping Arizona's chances at like a South Division run. But uh, yeah, because I never thought that it's quite possible. Uh, I heard that I heard that a lot this weekend. I think people were just trying to talk to themselves into not USC. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a. I, I would be I, USC still has the odds here. Bill number six. By National Signing Day again, February of 2019, Ed Orgeron is still the head coach at LSU. That's not the bet. Not only is Ed Orgeron still the head coach at LSU, there are no head coaching changes in the Southeastern Conference that, at all. That, that's on the table. It, it is because I mean Derek Mason. I still. If I'm if I'm betting, I'm still saying this is Mason's last year. I think just the, like the odds well, are somebody, but it's possible. The reason why I made the bet, this one I actually thought about. Um, Derek Mason to me was for sure getting fired. What has really transpired since? And oh. it's, it's it's an well, it's insanely local story. Yeah, it's not really getting any play nationally because it's Vanderbilt, but I just don't know if their heads are in it <laughs> like how, as an administration how long is his contract obviously it's private so it's harder to we don't know okay we don't know clauses there's a lot we don't know vanderbilt is very tricky that way yeah he it's got a pain a, in the butt let's see he got he got a raise in a three-year extension last may let me see if right. this article hints at when his do, 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 do. the point of my the point of me making this rather bold prediction is that every other situation I can look at just right off the top of your head, you go through all the schools in the Southeastern conference. None of them jump out as making a major change. Cause we've had so many, we've had so much turnover the right. last couple of years. Right. right. So you have the host of new coaches and obviously no, I don't think there's going to be your one firing. And when you go from there, I think you see a lot of coaches, you know, that we're not talking national title spectrum, so like your savings, smarts, Malzons, like that kind of stuff. They're all fine, obviously. Um, let, let the record show that we just said Gus Malzahn's not on the hot seat. He was in the national title. I mean, he coached Auburn in a national title game is why I threw him in there. Um, I don't think that Mark Stoops. I don't think that Will Muschamp. I don't think that like I don't know, Matt Luke, a year two coach. I don't know. Like, I, I mean – I don't see it. And then you get to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was the one school where you're like, okay, well, they're right. probably going to make a change. I am continually, continually convinced that they are not going to follow the the pack um, in college football. And they are going to be content with 
uh, a performance that other schools would would not be. I think it's more content that that they don't want to spend the money to buy him out. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I think there are going to be some great coaches available in this cycle that could come to Vanderbilt and do something dynamic. And I just don't know if there's enough of a groundswell. And also, I really do think they they kind of poison that job with the, with their response to the reporting on how ineffective they are. I right. mean, they, they're they're actively courting donors away from investing in athletics. I think that really, really hurts them. Really hurts them in the coaching market, at least in football. So that's why I made the bet. Um, okay. It all comes down to Vanderbilt, which I know is super interesting. Um, well, no, I, Bill, mean, we, I mean, we talked about this, uh, the, I don't know, at some point in the last uh, six years. God, I, it's all blending together. But um, I, I – Especially if Wyoming's defense is is nails, Barry Odom's not out of the woods because uh, they face it Wyoming in week two, and then have to play yeah. like South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and uh, somebody else like a really rugged four game stretch. Um, so like he's not they're pr- he's probably fine, but not out of the woods. There 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 could be some plot twists here, but yeah, Mason's obviously the the most the the, the front runner right now. Odom was the closest because I think Stoops' contract situation. And I also think they're going to be like that fair to Midland range at Kentucky where like they're going to get to a bowl. It's going to be fine for a minute, um, especially if Louisville regresses. Uh, Missouri, I thought about a little, but I assumed that they would be. I don't know if their floor is low enough this year. Well, I, I don't know about Tell like me if quali- I'm wrong. I don't know if, about quality floor, but what the problem is is if they lose to Wyoming, they are staring at a decent odds of a 1 and 5 start. Uh 1 and 5 start then that all that takes away like all the hype that Drew Locke's getting at the moment about like, you know, top quarterback in the draft and all that. That would take that mm-hmm. away. And so you think about just the the energy suck that that would create. Um he would be it could get weird if he if if he starts poorly again. I, again, I think I mean the uh, odds are more towards seven and five, and then maybe six and six being second most likely. So I mean, it's pro- almost. Who do they draw out of the West? Uh, well, Arkansas, but then uh, Al- right, Alabama. To... That's part of that four game stretch. Oh well, okay. that's it. That's it. Yeah, because you only get so two. between Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. I think there's a there's enough shots at, at wins there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that, like again, they're fine. It's just the, the it's the the specter of the one and five start. Purdue, that's the other one. Yeah. So if they lose to Wyoming, they're one and one after playing UT Martin first, and then they go at Purdue, Georgia, at South Carolina, at Alabama, and if we continue it, Memphis at home. So okay, you're kind of talking coming, me into it for homecoming. You're kind of talking. So let's just yeah. say, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not like this isn't you know miserable Godfrey Atlanta Falcons fan talk here. Um, just rationally, that Wyoming game is enormous for Missouri. Uh, if if you want to uh, not wait, start that, wait, their non-conference has Wyoming and Memphis, Jesus, and at Purdue. Oh my God. It's like sneaky, like no no top ten non conference teams there, but you don't want that non conference. All right, maybe like, I didn't think of that a lot about Missouri because I kind of still forget they're in the league. All right, Bill, mm-hmm. there's no changes maybe in the SEC. You just completely <laughs> you're talking yourself out of this one. one. <laughs> um, I can't say a ton on this one. There's no changes in the SEC, but number seven, there's a coaching change in South Bend. Yeah. I mean, hype, hype, hype has grown enough, 
so that if they like some eight and four finish or whatever will feel less impressive now because I mean they are uh, people are realizing their schedule is more manageable this year um, I don't think you know I guess if you think it's going to happen truly think it's going to happen it doesn't belong on this list but I don't think that's going to happen I think it might happen I think there's potential down the stretch for the the close of season to really demoralize them potentially Florida State I think they could get upset by Syracuse and they play USC in LA. Just saying. Sorry. Can't sure. say much. Just saying. Okay. And right now in matchups like Stanford and Michigan, I like the other teams. So that's a lot. Without looking at the pothole games, like you know, I'm down on Virginia Tech at the moment, but they have to go to Blacksburg. And 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 you would think Foster would fix some of the depth issues as much as they can by that point because it's like October. It's a, yeah, it's early October, so may, yeah. maybe they're so you would think form. that they can bounce back, and then that becomes a game. Um, and I mean, look, they're playing Navy, and that's not a joke or anything anymore. Like when Notre Dame plays Navy, it's a problem. Um, counterpoint. S and P plus and and a lot of other systems too. Like they're at least a five point favorite in every game except the Michigan game. Like I know, I know. That's that that like that feeds into what I'm thinking and things I hear. Okay. okay. Number eight. This one's easy. Everybody can suck it. Pac twelve's making the playoff. Washington, USC. Somebody make Daddy happy. I've really um. I've learned that, like, I mean, I, I do as much radio as possible. Uh, kind of tricky this week, but... Um, Wait, you just said you do as much radio as possible? Yeah. I mean, I, I like being able to... The questions I'm asked, like, if you're doing, especially, like, a broad range from coast to coast, and I, I mean, I'll do semi-regular with, like, Portland, and, you know, so, like, I get west to east and, and, and all that. And I think the one topic that I um, struggle the most with when it comes to pretending to not be bored or uninterested in the topic is well i mean it's it's this one is the big 12 gonna get left out this year well i mean no the big 12's champion might if if they have 10 if they have two losses like i just can't think in terms of conferences because so much of it it's not like they get to the end of the year and they say here are the four best conferences let's pick their champions it, it's you know the Big Ten could be amazing this year, and that might result in them having a two-loss champion and missing the playoff. But to me, that's not the Big Ten was left out. It's that they just didn't they had a two-loss champion. So I, I just can't make myself think in those terms. But you well, are thank very, you very much, Bill, because you're going to take yeah. me right into number nine. Big day for people interrupting me on the phone. I'm going to take you right into number nine. Just going to play to the crowd here, Bill. Scotty. The Badgers, they're going to win the Big Ten. Okay. They're going to win the Big Ten. They're going to win the Big Ten in convincing fashion in a thrilling game in Indianapolis against East opponent to be determined. I don't even know. But they're going to win. So They're, they're going to win. So they're going to um, they're Bill, going to be they're going to be my 11 and 2 champion is what you're saying. Bill. They're going to miss the playoff. Yeah. They're going to win the Big Ten and miss the playoff. The Big Ten is going to get left out of the playoff. I'm going Pac-12, making the playoff over Big Ten. Is essentially so that's that's two statements combined there, but it's a bridge. 
By the way, there's no like a climactic moment on this list. <laughs> we'll just yeah, do you number didn't 10 real fast like and talk really, about it. Like it's uh, not really like last. Uh, this is another one that we've kicked. It's been kicked around a lot. Um, I did some radio this week too, and they were asking Big 12 questions. Um, number 10, West Virginia is good. Not conference title good, but here's the real actual statement we can judge on. Holgerson is at West Virginia. He is the coach of West Virginia going into the 2019 season. I think West Virginia, second to Auburn. Um, the West Virginia, we've gotten a lot of pushback, um, not as much as Auburn, but the idea of creating instability where um, cre- creating actionable actionable instability where mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily exist. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I know you you're you're pretty well connected, and I know that in the past there were moments where it looked like yeah, Dana better do pretty well right here. But I think that is a much more stable marriage. Uh, but uh, yeah, like Auburn fans have pushed back a lot because we always like Auburn could do anything. And then you look at their record and it's like they've had you know fewer head coaches in the last 60 years than like Georgia or Alabama has. But West Virginia, I think, is second right now where it's like, you know, this could be Horgelson's last year. And then we've said that like every year that we've had this podcast and then he's there next year. So I'm, I'm in on that one. I think that one's he's, he's there for a while is what I'm going to say. You know, it, it, it's not so much about connections even. It was just like, it was one of those things where, um, what do we get yelled at about on Reddit? And I passed it along. I can't remember where I just said, this is what, oh, about um, uh, Florida fans were mad because we were talking to like, oh, you know, we've, we're we in the church of Kirby. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is just what I hear. This is just like what people talk about. You know, oftentimes the most interesting thing to me when you talk to AD coach, agent, whatever, is not what I want to know about, but what they're just talking about casually. Like, hey, what are you – kind of like, hey, what are you hearing? But more just like, what do you think about the sport in the football sense? What's going on right now? And a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, what Georgia's doing is unbelievable. It's definitely going to be, you know, concrete in, in a Alabama rival level situation. Mm-hmm. Same with West Virginia, except that all I heard was, well, Dana's gone. And I'm like, well, why is Dana gone? I said, well, he's either going to win a lot and leave right. or not win enough and get fired. And I'm thinking the more I sit on that and look at the schedule, West Virginia's good. But I do think there's a sweet spot. And I do think it's it's a bigger sweet spot than people realize in which they win 9 or 10. They acquit themselves nicely in conference play, but they're not Oklahoma. And also, one of, one of my sort of responses back is where's he going well that's that's the thing like i mean he, because he is an a, a, an air raid guy quote unquote even though you know his, he, he does not run mike leach's offense he still has that label and he always will like lincoln riley's really been the only one to escape that label and get like a super 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 high level job um and he did that in part because he well because he's young uh, and because he, you know, he hooked up with Bob Stoops very early. Um, and I think that helped him a lot, but well, and he's just awesome and he's charismatic. So, you know, that helped, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't see him whether, even though he's a good coach, I don't necessarily see him, whatever level of job we think is above West Virginia. I don't necessarily see them putting him near the top of the list unless it's like a Tennessee situation and, and things fall apart and he gets that chance. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, as far as how they're going to do this year, 
I mean, you know my opinion. They're going to have an extremely, maybe the second most talented and exciting starting 22 in the conference, uh, and they've got no bench. And if, if they ha- they are bitten by a, a regular number of injuries, then they're going to be much worse in November than they are in September. So that's how, how, how and when those injuries come is, is going to really, really define this season. Maybe I'm being short-sighted, and I'm just not looking at it the right way. Mm. But uh, no offense, I like Dana. I, I mean – no, no, yeah, no. I, I, I think I'm looking. Would... I'm looking only at Big Twelve jobs, and I stop myself, and I'm thinking, well, is that? Am I being short-sighted? Okay, no. What what Big Ten job is hiring him? What SEC job is hiring him? Is he going all the way out west? I don't think so. Right. And and then we always said, well, he'd try and get back to Texas eventually, but like, what? What job? So, yeah. so Texas Tech is a job that looks open mm-hmm. theoretically, as much as it looked open last year. Is he going to leave West Virginia for Texas Tech? It's it's I think we've mentioned that at some point on this show, but I I don't. That seems like one of those things. Like I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, it'd be more convenient and all that. But at the same time, like that that's probably one of those where as long as West Virginia says okay, we'll give you a raise, stay, he he stays. <laughs> I feel like you're just swapping problems there at that point. Right. Just my opinion. And I mean, for all I know, like Texas, like Lubbock and Morgantown might be about the same distance to like Houston. Lubbock is so freaking far out there. <laughs> it's uh, Lubbock is far away. It's not that far. I promise. I did a blog post at Big 12 Media Days a couple years ago where he was trying not to complain about the the travel, but the players were complaining about the travel. (laughs) And like, we broke out the Google Maps. Like, the nearest opponent is Kansas and it's a thousand miles. Oh, yeah. So, and and that is, um, I was one of the topics this weekend. I was looking at games that, um, where my lot more, my numbers are pretty far away from the spread. And um, like last I checked, Texas Tech was like a five or six point favorite against Oxford uh, against uh, Ole Miss. But I'm pretty sure that it, that it's in part if the game's in Houston. I'm pretty sure part of that is because in people's heads they're thinking that's like a home field advantage uh, for for Texas Tech because it's in the state of Texas. Um, let's see, it is 600 miles and a nine hour drive from Oxford, and it is. Lubbock. I've made that drive. And it is 532 miles and eight and a half hours from from Lubbock. So this is almost perfectly equidistant. Um, so there is no home field adjustment to be made for Texas Tech in this game. Uh, plus, I mean, I mean, as we've discussed before, like my numbers love Ole Miss for some reason. So I, I have them like a three point favorite, and Vegas had them like a five point underdog or something like that. Funny you mentioned that. Um, a little bird told me this week they're tarping the upper deck for that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, it's not close to either team. <laughs> I mean, Houston's lovely, you know, just give me an excuse or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's not – this is not just some easy uh, quick trip to be made here. I did the uh, the embed a couple of years ago. I've technically done – well, sort of. I've been to this kickoff game twice uh, before, the Houston-Oklahoma game and then the um, Oklahoma State-Mississippi State. And Oklahoma State-Mississippi State, um, they had rational – uh, enthusiastic turnouts, but it was still largely empty. And that's what's going to happen here. That stadium is, I'm not just saying this because I saw the Super Bowl there. That stadium, I love the city of the Houston. The stadium that's, is haunted. The stadium just embodies everything that's wrong with those neutral site kickoffs. Yeah. I'll say the same thing about Atlanta. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not a bias. Like, you go, you're next to nothing. You, you know, there's no like bar or restaurant you pregame in or whatever. It's an, an anonymous. NFL stadium experience, very corporate. Um, 
There's no real game day passion. It's a really that that dome for whatever reason is very it sort of sucks noise. It's just a strange feeling. It's hard to explain. Like the Houston Oklahoma game was very noisy. The Super Bowl sold out, you know, it was very noisy, but it, it it's just not the same. I don't know. It's just not a fun environment. Well, and what the hell are Texas Tech and Ole Miss doing trying to pull off a neutral game in, in week one? That's I, I mean, both of those programs have pretty high ceilings. We especially have seen that recently with Ole Miss. You know, well, that's all about when the that's all about when the contract was signed. Sure, but uh, still, when, like when when Ole Miss signed this contract, they were they, they were, were national title. They were they were thinking they were a top ten program from now on. But no, mm-hmm. I mean, like unless unless Ole Miss was looking at that and thinking, hey, we're going to get into the Houston market, we're going to recruit our you know whatever like that's not it's not alabama versus florida state here um that Which should i kind of shrug at because they play a&m every year so just rely on that yeah yeah no this that that was that that's a really fun matchup it's going to be a super fun game uh that's that's also something that should be happening on a home and home basis there was a decent amount of people that traveled from from lubbock to oxford uh, about gosh 15 years ago they did that one-on-one this was the height of the leech era um and at the time Oh man, this was Eli Manning's last year, and Texas Tech came in and set a record. And it wasn't Kingsbury as the quarterback; it was BJ something. God, what was his name? I can't remember his face. Anyways, they set an offensive record against an SEC opponent at the time. And the stats now, we would like you know, it's nothing. We would it was like six hundred something, six six hundred something in total offense at the time was a really big deal. But it was also two thousand three or four or whatever. So uh, these teams have played each other before they played each other in bowls multiple times. It's just, they, they look, these games suck. Also, Bill kickoffs at 11. Some yeah, of these games yeah. suck, dude. They just do. Yeah. No. And it's again, like aesthetically, it's going to be super fun. It's one of the games I'm most looking forward to, but yeah, it's just, there are a lot of mis- mistakes were made. Do what or what? All about a one-on-one. Yeah. Tennessee, West Virginia, do a one-on-one. Or go back to Bristol. Why didn't they just rebook Bristol? Yeah, why Why didn't they? I thought that was... Oh, I can tell you why, actually. Yeah. Um, it's because... So, I think it was last week they had the race, the night race in Bristol. And it takes a significant amount of time to construct the interior into a playable football field surface. And then also... They change around. They put in like a bunch of temporary structures, like like stands and uh, locker rooms and stuff. So it took them every minute of the time they had between the last night race at Bristol and then was it week two or three, Bill, mm-hmm. when Virginia Tech and Tennessee played each other. So that's why. But I still would have been super happy with Tennessee and West Virginia playing at Bristol at the at the at the racetrack which is a really cool environment in week two or three rather than eh, Charlotte, you know, I know we've beat this to death and people are probably tired of talking about it, probably tired of hearing about it. But, um, I just, I mean, Auburn, Washington, LSU, Miami. Awesome. Thank you. Alabama, Louisville, whatever. Just let them play other teams. Yeah. Alabama Duke is starting to stretch it here. Alabama Duke next year, baby. Yeah. Alabama Duke in the kickoff. They're probably gonna have to pair that with the second game, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty terrible. We'll see what we'll see how trafficy Dragon DragonCon is. Uh, Bill, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, do we have any house cleaning uh, that we need to tend to now? Uh, probably not. Yeah, no. 
Solid. We went like an hour. I feel like we underperformed. Well, this is what this is what we're aiming for. So technically, we're getting better. This is what we're supposed to be doing, yeah. Um, all right, we will be back on Thursday. We'll have a guest. We'll take your questions. If you want to get your questions in, it's uh, hashtag AskPAPN on Twitter. You can also go to the Reddit. Uh, the subreddit is PAPN Podcasting Play Nobody. Uh, ask your questions there. Uh, we will suss through them. We'll have a guest. We'll do questions. And we will also break out and do our viewing schedule for week one. Hell yeah.